Good evening, good afternoon, people, and welcome to episode 304 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello, everybody. And... Ian Loring! Uh, and, and our fine Patreon listeners, if you were a Patreon listener, you would have just heard us having a, a chat about non-alcoholic beer. So, for that kind of choice cuts, uh, what is it, Ian, three dollars a month? Two dollars a month. Two dollars a month. Yeah, see, I, I was I was adding an extra fifty percent on there. Just two dollars a month, and you can get some chat like that and some other stuff. Uh, what other chat do we have today, though? We're going to we're going to discuss Mar, aren't we? Because yeah. um, Ian, you, you saw both Mar and Godzilla, uh, and said that Mar would make a much much better conversation piece. I, yeah, which I fully, I still fully am behind. Good. So, yep, so we're going to chat Ma. Uh, we have never to watch You, Me and Dupree this week, so we're going to try to, uh, Andrew Jones's uh, Patreon choice, You, Me and Dupree. Uh, we're also going to do some what we've been watching, and we'll chat some trailers and the usual tangents and what have you. Uh, but Ian, is there anything that's been happening in the news, film world news this week? Robert Pattinson has been confirmed as the new Batman. Um, I believe it's pronounced R-Pats. Ah, uh, uh, so, uh, so yeah, so, uh, so that's there's that. But we have spoke about that quite recently, haven't we? Yeah. I think uh, so. Is there anything else that's happened? Or has it been a quiet one? I don't know. It feels like it's been quiet, doesn't it? It does feel like it's been quiet. It does feel like there's been not a lot kind of spoken about recently. But they've kind of just... That was pretty much like the biggest news, and that, that was kind of not even that big a news, really. Oh. But it was kind of like everyone already kind of knew it a little bit. Yeah, true. Uh, I suppose there's the there was the leaks about um, what's going to be on the new Marvel slate. That was it. Coming up, yeah. Was that? Yeah, there was some leak that came out about it that said it's going to be a uh, the Eternals. Um, a oh, hang on, Lottie's screaming at me. Yeah, what, what's up, Lots? Yeah, I'm doing the podcast, babe. Yeah, okay, sorry about that. Yeah, uh, Eternals, Doctor Strange 2, Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2. Um, what else was on that? The Black Widow movie, where apparently, um, in that. The rumour is, according to these leaks, not confirmed yet, these are just rumoured leaks, yeah. that Florence Pugh is going to be taken over as Black Widow right. in that. I'm not okay. sure how that works. It's a different she's, got the, she's got the thighs for it. She does have the thighs for it, yeah. Um, and then possibility of a new Avengers movie and a oh, dark... Right, just, to, just to say, that wasn't a criticism of Florence Pugh. She's no. like a very, very fucking athletic woman and i think she would be pretty that, that's really interesting casting sorry yeah and, and, and uh yeah a new avengers a new avengers movie a dark avengers movie uh a new thor movie uh and obviously the guardians three hmm. so you know it's i think all that is getting properly announced uh july i think in it by kevin five post um that comic con post um, Spider-Man coming out everywhere. Spider-Man. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I think that comes out like two weeks before over here, doesn't it? That's something ridiculous. Really? I think it comes out over here before it comes out in the US, like a, at least a week or so before. I think it's very weird scheduling for that. Um, but yeah, that has been a fairly sort of quiet, 
quiet week in the film world, uh, really, I think. Um, but in saying that, uh, we have had some trailers, haven't we? Yes. Indeed. Uh, so, Ian, what have you caught trailer-wise? And can I ask you, have you caught the trailer for In Fabric yet? Uh, no. Right. I think you should go and watch the trailer for In Fabric right now. Uh, let's do this. Um, uh, it's um, Peter Strickland, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll let you watch that, um, and and then we'll... Kick off. We'll kick off. We'll sit in silence so that you can quickly snip it out. Right, YouTube, you big twat. Come on. Right. Uh, da, 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 in fabric. Okay, let's do a live commentary of the In Fabric trailer. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah, why the fuck would you buy a thing off that lady? I would buy a lot of things off that lady. Because she's slightly frightening. Yeah. No, I'd totally give her a fake phone number. Right, Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, all right. What do you reckon? Yeah, it looks like the kind of film that will get a standing ovation at Fright Fest. Everybody will be fucking coming all over it for a w- the week around its release, and then no one will ever talk about it again. Bollocks. Like Bavarian Sound Studio. Exactly like Bavarian Sound Studio, even though that has a stage play now, apparently, which I bet is doing great business. That's a stage play? Mm-hmm. That's odd. I mean, it's quite stagey, isn't it? What do you got to do? Fucking... But it's odd that somebody's bothered, is what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 I very much like both um, Bavarian Sound Studio and Duke of Burgundy, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. I don't know if I've seen the Duke of Burgundy. Um, it, it's good, but I, I, I like Peter Strickland's vibe that he has. <laughs> I mean, I felt like that was a bit 
Is that a killer fucking dress? It's not a killer dress. I love the <laughs> image of the floating dress. Yeah. You know, I feel like, yeah, I'm fine with that. But, it, but it's not going to be about a killer dress. It's going to be about all the fucking stylistic bobbins all around the dress. Like, you know, I watched once watched a film called Deathbed, The Bed That Eats. eats people. Yeah. Right? That, that is not false advertising. Right, it literally is about a bed that eats people. Right. This is not going to be about a killer dress. This dress will not be doing murders. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much up for this. I'm very if, much up if, for this. If In Fabric does a murder, film of the year. I mean, not In Fabric. If the dress does a murder, it's film of the year. Otherwise, it can fuck off. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Ian is going to have to watch that. If it kills the dress, if the dress kills somebody, he's going to be sat there going, shit. <laughs> no, if it kills No, fair No, if that film actually is about a killer dress, then I'm all for it. But that trailer makes me think that I'm going to be looking at arty imagery for 90 minutes and then wondering what the fuck I'm doing with my life. <laughs> That's exactly what I want from that film. <laughs> oh god and yet and yet you won't give wes anderson the time of day oh come on that's not arty farty what is it that's just the fucking that's essentially a shit ikea catalog <laughs> well that was a shit fucking littlewoods catalog from 1976 i prefer to flip through one of those than his sub fucking bullshit looking attire that he has uh, uh, not having it but no one agrees with you what but what about stuff yeah he's he's woefully overrated yeah, he's made some good films he's made some fine films no he's made some really good films he's made one really good film which one in your opinion royal ten and bounds i like the life aquatic as well i've never got on with life aquatic <laughs> i have tried with the life aquatic i have watched it Many times, and I just can't get on with it. You, you don't like him because partly because of Fantastic Mr. Fox as well, don't you? But I really liked Fantastic Mr. Fox the first time I watched it. I really liked it the first time I watched it. He really directed it, did he? And then the second time I watched it, I thought it was it was shite. Right, you like Bottle Rocket. You like I, I, I don't mind Bottle Rocket. I, I quite like Rushmore. Yeah. You like the Royal Tenenbaums. I do really. Like, like Royal no, you don't like the Life Aquatic. Do not know. Um, that American Express Express advert you did. Uh, the Darjeeling Limited is fantastic. Didn't like it. Yeah, probably, but... <laughs> fantastic Mr. Fox is great. Moonrise no, Kingdom's not. a pile of shite. It is. Um, uh, Grand Budapest's not great. No, it's not. And Isle of Dogs is good. I actually quite like Isle of Dogs, yeah. So, you're just, you're just unnecessarily fucking grumpy about nothing. I mean, that, that could pretty much be your motto. <laughs> Mark Foster, unnecessarily grumpy about nothing. But, you know... I'm one of those smiley people. You are, though, are you? So, but you're just wrong on this one, I'm afraid. What else have we got here? Um, shit, I should have been ready with stuff then, shouldn't I? Right. Ford versus Ferrari, or how apparently what we need to call it, Le Mans 66. <laughs> right, is that the UK name? That's the UK title. Because apparently Ford versus Ferrari isn't an engaging enough title, so we'll do Le Mans 66 instead. 
Like, what the fuck? Mm. What what accent is that meant to be that Christian Bale's doing in this trailer? I can't can't place it. Just British, isn't it? British isn't an accent, is it? In Hollywood, I think it is. Yeah, but he is actually. I think the guy is actually the actual the characters from Huddersfield. Right. Okay. But he doesn't. I I I'm, I don't think Christian Bale knows what his normal voice sounds like at this point, though. No. He doesn't know. He, he he doesn't. But then again, he's born in Wales, lived in London, lived in Hollywood. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, he, he he has got an odd hodgepodge of of different accents. Yeah, he's picked up a bit from everywhere, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's what do you think of the trailer? I mean, it looks banging, like... Doesn't it? Looks looks very good. I uh, just... Very, 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 very up for that. It, it, you know, it's it's the Michael Mann school of men doing their jobs very well by the looks of it. And why not? And it's cool that James Mangold's kind of got the freedom after uh, Logan to do something like this. So, yeah, all for it. Yeah, because he, after he did um, What the Line... Um, he had a little bit like everyone when someone has a really successful film, they kind of the studio gives them one essentially, don't they? Yeah. Where he can go out and he can kind of do a little bit of what he wants with that. And so off the back of of, of what the line, he did three ten to humor, and it it ended up being a bit of a weird one three ten to humor in the fact that critics kind of liked it mm. and audiences kind of liked it so it didn't do terrible but it also didn't do fantastically well uh, but also it didn't make as much money as they'd hoped so it weirdly it was one of those where it actually it lost money at the box office but apparently it's made a fortune on home video yeah. which they still always you know if it hasn't made money at box office then it's therefore it's, it's not made money yeah um Whereas you always got to go back to the Joe Carnahan thing of what people don't realise is that the A-Team movie made nearly $200 million on home video and continues to do so. It's fucking great, is it? Um, and so th- th- those things are never taken into account. Mm. Uh, so then he had to go back to kind of being a bit of a jobbing director again with doing the um, the Wolverine movie and I think he directed Night and Day, did he do that as a hired hand? Yes, that was Mangold, yeah. Um and then that didn't spawn the um the, the the franchise that I think they hoped it was going to because people basically went, Oh, so it's Mission Impossible but with jokes. Fair enough. <laughs> um So yeah, it is quite cool that Mangold's getting to do something again. Yeah. I mean yeah. I have a feeling that it's going to be one of those ones where one of these guys is going to get nominated for Best Actor, one's going to get nominated for Best Supporting Actor, despite the fact that they're both going to be in it equally the same amount, or vice versa. And I have a feeling it's going to be Damon's going to get nominated for Best Supporting. Yeah. To give him a better chance of winning it, because obviously Bales won Supporting and Best Actor, I think, because he won. Um, yeah, for yeah. fighter. He won support him for the fighter, didn't he? Yeah. Has he won a best actor as well? 
think I think he has, but I might be wrong. No, because I think people thought that he was going to win for Vice, and then he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, he's been nominated. Yeah, only, only twice for a leading role. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, the Goldfinch, which is an adaptation of a book, and the trailer makes it look like an adaptation of a book. Not entirely yeah. bothered about that at all. Uh, yeah, it, it's. This is the one with the song in it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What What was the song? I don't know what the song is, but it was just very overpowered. It was. It was. It, I, it, the trailer finished, and I was like, oh. right. Oh. I wouldn't mind watching Turn Up Bex and said, do you know what I quite like to do? Which like, well, I said, I'd like to watch a trailer for the film that is in that little video for that song we've just watched because it looked really quite vaguely interesting. Mm. But the song just completely fucking overpowered it. It was ridiculous. Yeah, this is this is the trailer I saw this week where the audio mix was fucked. I'm pretty sure where like the mu- yeah the music was just super super loud and you couldn't really understand what they were saying. Yeah, it is that. Yeah. It's just like right, okay, cool. So whoever's mixed the trailer and put the trailer together is gone. I need to get this song that I really like out there to get loads of people to listen to it. So I'm gonna put it on here. It might even be the guy who's cut his band and he snuck it on there. <laughs> uh, and they've gone and the the, the, the fucking studio's gone. Who's this? Ah, it's, it's Imagine Dragons. Okay, it's Imagine Dragons. And they've gone. Really? Yeah. No, because no one really knows what Imagine Dragons sound like. People think they do. They, they, no one knows. Anything could be Imagine Dragons. I don't think that's true. It, it could be. They, they're they literally one of the dullest bands that have ever existed. So people would just go, fine, yeah, Imagine Dragons, there we go. They're not a fucking Coldplay, Mark. Not a Coldplay, but people know what Coldplay sound like. Yeah, shit. Exactly. Imagine Dragons. You've probably heard loads of their songs, but could you hum one or name one? I don't really. There you go, then. Imagine Dragons. Could be Imagine Dragons. Who knows? So yeah, it's like you say, it, it, it's it's definitely based on a book. It's definitely gonna bore the shit out of a lot of people. A lot of people are gonna go, oh, it doesn't stick to the book, does it? Or where was this character? Or what happened here? Or why did he do this differently? There's gonna be a lot of that with this one. Yeah. Oh, she wasn't right for that role. He wasn't right for that role. That is what people will say about it. Um. Peter Goldfinch. I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure I'm, it is. I'm 100% positive that it isn't. Let's say it is. It's not. It is. Donna Tart. Donna Tart? Yeah. The, the book's by a person called Donna Tart? Yeah. Cool. Uh, any other trailers? Uh, yeah, yeah, The Kitchen. Oh, yeah, I'm very up for this. This looks great. Melissa McCarthy getting to be a little bit badass in something. Yeah, it yeah. Look- yeah. I'm, 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 I'm game for this. It looks like it looks like Widows, but a little bit more. I don't know, a little bit more sort of fun Scorsese rather than um like melodrama Scorsese. Depressing. Because Widows was very. Luxuriating his yeah. It was very miserable, wasn't it? It was. I, I really enjoyed it, but it was very miserable. Whereas this looks like it's kind of a little bit of a playful to it. Um, that new Pixar one. The new Sony Animation one that put a Pixar label on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. You mean the new DreamWorks one? Yeah. Look- <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it is, isn't it? It's. It's. 
No, hands up, not a Pixar fan. But what I will say is when I look, when you look at them, they look like Pixar movies. They all look like that they're made by the same studio, which is not a criticism. You know, Studio Ghibli all look like they're made by Studio Ghibli. This is the first Pixar movie. Cause a bit of a departure. But it still, I thought it still looked, it still had that kind of, I don't know that. Pixar. Pixar. It's a class kind of thing. It's your name. Witness. At the end, yeah. Um, so it did have, they do have that, you know that. But then when, if you'd have shown me a 30 second clip of this, I wouldn't have had a clue it was Pixar. I'd have thought it was DreamWorks. Yeah. Agreed. And I don't, it seems, I don't know, they're just, it just seems like they're, they're churning a little bit too much at the moment. They're churning ideas out. Mm. At a little bit too much of a rate, and people are. I mean, at least it's not a fucking sequel. No, but it does seem like they're going because what they're doing now is they're doing sequel and then original, original, then sequel and original. Mm. But their originals. I mean, you really liked Coco, didn't you? And yeah, uh, Ian, yeah. you really liked it as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Coco is fucking banging. Yeah, and you, and you were a big fan of Lightbacks, uh, and I, I'm seeing it yet, so I can't really comment. But it just. There seems to be just a little bit of something just doesn't seem to be clicking with them sometimes at the moment. Mm. Like the, yeah, it's odd. Yeah, I don't know. It's and also got you've got so we've got this is out this out early nineteen early twenty. Yeah, March twenty twenty. Yeah. Weird. Uh, what else have we got? Not film, but film related. Ian, did you watch the Dark Crystal trailer? Uh, yes. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I don't have that much uh, connection to Dark Crystal. Um, <clears throat> but it's cool that they're using puppets. It looks, I mean... Is it, is it a film or is it a TV show? TV show. Yeah. Oh. Vibe-wise, it looks exactly like the film. Like They've obviously tried to keep it really sort of close to how they did it back in back in the day. So yeah, that's cool. That I'm, I'm quite excited for this, actually. That's cool. I, I, I've never been. Never you don't been like the film, no, do you? I don't like the film. To be honest, it's not. It it, it never just never clicked with me. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to mention as well the trailer for the PlayStation 4 game Death Stranding. Oh star- yeah. Starring Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen, Guillermo del Toro, and Nicholas Winding Refn. <laughs> because <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, there is a character in it who is literally called Die Hard Man. <laughs> right. Um, and there are two female characters called Fragile and Mama. Um, I don't think I'll ever play this game, but I do kind of want to just fucking like golf clap um, Hideo Kojima, creator of Metal Gear Solid for making just doing whatever the fuck he wants to do and die hard man i don't know but you know guillermo del toro and nicholas winding refn are involved so i'm I'm interested in this to be fair i think it was you who sort of mentioned it and brought it to my attention ages ago Mm. Uh, and i watched what was available footage wise of them, but there weren't very much, was there? 
No. And then um, we didn't we didn't get to this trailer unfortunately because we didn't realise it was an eight minute trailer. Um, so we didn't quite get a chance to watch it beforehand, but it's ready to go to watch afterwards. So um, I'm actually really I like the fact that they've still done something together after Silent Hills all fell through because obviously it's the same central trio, isn't it, with Kojima, Del Toro, and Norman Reedus. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm interested to see what what it's like really. And uh, it, it's it's out this year, which was a massive surprise for people because um, I think it was announced in I want to say 2016, and Kojima usually takes fucking five years to make games, but it's coming out in November, and that probably means Last of Us Part Two is not out till next year because you'd have one of them this like winter, you wouldn't have both. No. Um, but it's I don't know. I say I probably won't play it. Who the fuck knows? It, it, I think it kind of depends on how long it is. Like, if a game is longer than 20, 25 hours, then I'm hard out. Um, unless it's Breath of the Wild. Um, but that's because that is the single greatest video game ever made. So I'll allow it. Um, but yeah, just the sheer... what When you've watched it, like, let's have a conversation. Because that thing's fucking nuts. Just... Yeah, die hard, man. <laughs> I think because one of them plays a guy called Hartman and um, Guillermo del Toro plays a man called Deadman. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I, it just, I don't know, man. It's like the thing is, Kojima's like a proper student of cinema as well. Like, uh, he's he's basically he is a frustrated film director. Like, if he. It'd be cool if he ever did direct a film, but um, like just character names like these, just what the fuck? I, I just it 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 almost shows uh, like people think of uh, video games as like infantile still, and it's like, well, we've got a game with Mads Mikkelsen and Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro and Nicholas Winding Refn. It's like, wow, that's interesting, and it's like. And their characters are Die Hard Man and <laughs> Mama. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's like with one, one hand give up, the other hand take up away, I suppose. It just, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you mean on that one. I love it. I love it. I, I, I just, right, yeah. So Leia Sidhu is playing Fragile. Yeah. You, know, you see, Mads Mikkelsen is just playing a character called Cliff. It's like, <laughs> sure. Um, Nicholas Winding Refn plays Hartman. Margaret Qualey plays Mama. Um, and who the fuck? So Die Hard Man is played by Tommy Lee Jenkins. Um, so I don't know who that is, but he's playing Die Hard Man. So well done him. Uh, yeah. What the fuck? Maybe I will play it. Maybe I'll just play it and stream the entire thing. <laughs> Do it. Uh Anyway, Death Stranding, watch the trailer, it's mental. <laughs> cool. Uh, any more from you, Ian? Uh, no, just a big one. But I, well, I, I think a big one anyway, because I'm just going to let you guys chat. It's the big one, the one I think it is. Well, I'd, I'd assume so. Yeah. Rambo, Last Blood. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Um, I can't remember we talked about... Did we talk about the turn it on last week, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we did. Uh, yeah, Rambo, Last Blood. Um, 
I've been I've been looking forward to this movie for a good like ten years now, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's Stallone's been very much wanting to make this movie for since the um, since uh, Rambo was out, and Rambo was a, was, was a big success. Um, you know, it's but he didn't make it at the time because he felt that it, it needed a little bit of time to set the character in. So he didn't want to make it straight off the bat of yeah. it yeah. because he wanted to have a little bit, he wanted to have a couple of years of the character being back home to make it feel a little bit more authentic. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of, he's, he's written a couple of scripts for it and thrown them away and then he's had scripts brought to him and sort of looked at those. Um, and then there was a, there was a reboot uh, mooted um, that there'd be a remake of the of, of First Blood. That's stupid. Um, and um, Stallone has, has, has basically said, look, they can do what they want with it once I'm gone. Yeah. But for now, I'd like it to be what is it? Cause it's the character. He, he still always maintains weirdly that he has a more of a connection with the character. Uh, finds. Rambo, John Rambo, more interesting character than Rocky, and has more of a connection with it, despite the fact that he literally created Rocky. Yeah. Which is a weird one. Um, but yeah, very much looking forward to it. It's it does seem like it's going down the Rambo versus the cartels um, aspect and element of it. Uh, I think it is going to delve back into the the past of how he ended up um, being enlisted in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it talks in the trailer about him facing his past or something. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, I also do think he's going to kill off Rambo in this. Okay. Yeah, uh, which will be in a very emotional moment. But also as well, it's it does like it's going to be a really badass fucking movie. Mm. <laughs> I'm very, very excited for it. It's a great fucking trailer. It is a really good trailer, actually. And we've mentioned, didn't we, after we'd watched it, Really, because we watched it at the same time as the one for um, Goldfinch, didn't we? Mm. Uh, one of them is is a, a basically a tutorial on how not to use mu- uh, music in a in, in a trailer. This absolutely is how to use music in a trailer. That song's perfect for it. Yeah, it does. It fits it really well. Mm. Yeah. What do you, what's your thoughts, Ian? Uh, yeah, I mean it it, it 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 looks good. I'm I'm up for what it's selling. Um, I hope it's. I, I hope the emotion is earned. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm certainly up for seeing what it's all about. Yeah. Very good. Uh right, I think that's it for trailers. Uh so should we move into Ma? Yeah, uh Ma is the latest Bloomhouse film. Uh directed by Tate Taylor, who directed was it the help he directed and also um the girl on the train. train. That was it. I can't remember what the name of the film was then. Uh, what else has he done? I did the Get On Up movie. Cool. Um, so it stars. Who have we got in there? Octavia Spencer, um, Juliet Lewis, Luke Evans, um, Diane Silvers, uh, and a bunch of. Oh, Missy uh, Pyle is in there as well. Alison Janney makes a. <laughs> An appearance briefly uh, there. So what's the story about? Uh, it is set in Ohio. Uh, Maggie Thompson and her mother, Eric Thompson, played by Juliet Lewis, 
move to back to Ohio. Um, Juliet Lewis' character seems like she's, it's, it's made out that she's split up from her, her husband, um, Maggie's father, and has been forced to go back home and is working in the casino. And it's in a, what would you say, like a, a rural town in Ohio where not a lot goes on. Um, and she befriends some of the kids who are trying to get people to buy them liquor outside the local store. Nobody will get them for it. And then Octavia Spencer's, uh, what's she called? Suan turns up and buys them booze and then kind of forms a friendship slash obsession with them, uh, which develops into more as the film goes along, which we will get into because remember, we are all spoilers all the time, guys. So, uh, Ian, Ma, what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah. So, I think it's an interesting piece of work, and I think it's more interesting than the trailer let, um, lets on. Um, it's... I, I, I don't think it's a film that necessarily needed to be made or anything like that, but um, it is one which I... The, I don't know, it's interesting. Um I don't. I, I. I. think that this is a film that could have been made with a white woman in the Ma role as well as a black woman. Um, but I think, I, and I think the, the the reason why I'm talking about that is I think that the casting of a black woman kind of gives certain like connotations as to as to what it's going to do. Like, is it going to be like a fucking like mammy kind of thing? But it it. It's not that, and I think it's elevated by Octavia Spencer in apparently what is like her first lead role, which is something. Um, and I think she kind of makes it more than it otherwise is. Um, I think that the film's tone is a bit off. It doesn't seem to know exactly what it, it's wanting to do with Sue Ann. Um, by the end, it, it kind of it paints her as a kind of a tragic figure. But ten minutes before that, you're watching her do some really fucking nasty shit to people. Um, so I, I thought that was nah, off. Um, I thought the lead girl was okay. I really liked the blonde girl. I thought she was fucking funny. Yeah. Um, the M, kind of MVP apart from Sue Ann for me. Um, and it's odd to see Luke Evans take this role. It doesn't feel like a very Luke Evans part, but it does feel like maybe he just likes Tate Taylor. Um, I, I think it very much is that, yeah. Yeah. So, and that that that's absolutely fair enough. I I had fun with it. My audience ate ate it the fuck up. Like my audience were having a great time with this. Um, I do wonder if as much of it was supposed to be funny as it seems to be. And uh, maybe we'll have a discussion about that. But yeah, I I liked it and it's certainly more interesting a watch than Godzilla King of the Monsters would would have been for a main review. I'll say that. Fair enough. Uh Bex, what did you think? I don't I'm still not entirely sure. I haven't really organized my thoughts on this one yet. It's it's really odd. There's bits of it that just really don't like land tonally for me. Like 
I, I enjoyed it, and it's 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 a good film, but there's some there's some really strange just bits in it. I can't just certain bits of the script and things like that that just feel a bit like oh no, you wouldn't say that. And no, I I think you're supposed to feel uncomfortable for how embarrassing she is as well, are you? So it succeeded there, but I didn't. It did make me uncomfortable. You were a bit like just just fucking get a grip <laughs> at points. So I, I think whereas. You were supposed to, by the end, kind of sympathise a little bit, a little bit with her for mm. her motivation. And it was just like I just didn't. So I think it that that element of it was lost a bit on me. What the whole? I didn't. You know what happened to her was shit, but get over it. Well, I'm just reading here. Apparently, the original script had no. They had no backstory. They put that in afterwards. I think that to, would have been more interesting. To give her a to give her a, um, a bit more of a sympathetic character rather than just being an outright Mental. monster. Which you that what they're saying here. Right. But I think that would have made it better if she was. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe agree with that. I think it's a, it's a it's an interesting film in the sense that it's it's quite a trashy story and quite a trashy yeah. film, but it's elevated by the fact that you've got Octavia Spencer, who is a very, very good actress in it. Mm. Um, and you've got some sort of stronger supporting performances. You know, um, I'd say I think, I think all the kids are, are perfectly fine. I know there's one that's terrible. Um and I think that there's a couple that are actually quite quite good. Uh, I, the lead girl, uh, she wavers a little bit at points. I thought she was really good. The only one that I thought was out of the sort of core four of them that was probably the weakest, but still not a weak performance, was the, not the boyfriend boy, the other boy. Chaz. Yeah. He felt a little bit. He felt very very generic. Didn't the more he? the more kind of broy guy. Yeah. 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 First yeah. yeah, one. He felt very, like, like I say, just stock. Yeah. Stock future frat boy number two. Um, yeah, he was a bit like that. He um, could have been in a nineties like slasher movie. Yeah, he, he could have. Yeah. Um, so there was there was there was bits like that in it that um, what is it? And I, I agree with you, Ian. It does it does kind of flit all over the place in, in its in its tone. Um, at points, it doesn't seem to to know where it, it, it's getting. Points. The flashbacks come in at some weird fucking moments mm-hmm. um, where it should be stood literally looking at a part in mind, and all of a sudden it just goes and you get a flashback. It's like, right, that's odd. <laughs> it's an odd way to introduce a flashback mm. in that moment there. I feel like a lot of this could have been avoided if they'd just kind of gone, if after the girls went upstairs and she had a shouting at someone upstairs and she just like called him well, her friends and then they just didn't go anymore yeah it, it's a bit it was it, there was an awful lot of like it's supposed to be a small town but there's yeah. nothing really to do yet they don't know that kid's mum is that and yeah you know nobody's nobody's wondering hang on a minute Fucking Sue Ann's buying a lot of booze at the moment, like an awful lot of fucking booze. Where are all of the teenagers? Yeah, yeah. It does feel, it, it, there are a few sort of little moments like that where it doesn't seem to quite, it's, 
it's almost a little bit like because so in Tate Taylor's directed you know things like like the help and things like that, but it it seems a little bit like occasionally you get directors who go I want to direct something a little bit you know like nasty a little bit gnarly, and then feel like they can kind of not get away with putting the same amount of effort and interest mm. into making sure everything works they can go all right yeah there is that and that kind of doesn't make sense but she burns this kid with a fucking iron it's like all right fine yeah she does burn the kid with a fucking iron that's cool but what about this this there is that yeah. but then again you also you can look at it and go that's fine but did you see the bit where she burns the kid with the iron that was pretty fucking cool wasn't it? <laughs> there is a little bit of that and i am a little bit in sort of the middle there but it's like there's also bits that don't seem to you said it when we came out i feel a little bit like there's maybe 10 minutes missing over it like the fact that she gets the blood from the dog yeah by taking it out of his what is it and then pumps it into luke evans but that literally goes nowhere no it literally is she sets up the drip on one arm and then slits wrist on the other arm and he just does yeah, like, what's the purpose of that? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like, so you're not going to go anywhere with that. And I kept thinking when she was going to lay, when she was laying down on him at the end, are his eyes going to open and he's going to start like coughing and what is it and stuff like that? And you're going to be thinking, oh shit, he could have been saved or whatever. Yeah. As, you know, no authorities are fucking coming to help these kids that have all been stabbed and burned and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean you've, you've got, got all that. that. But you've also, also got the incredible bit where she snaps and just fucking runs the shit over Missy Pyle. Yeah. Yeah, but then there's that as well. <laughs> That's never fucking mentioned again. Like, it doesn't look like it's a hugely quiet road that she runs her down on. Like, I'm assuming probably another car will have gone down there between when she gets knocked over and the end of the movie. Yeah. But no one mentions it. Because it is like a day later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Luke Evans is just wandering around, pretend hitting on vet receptionists. That was quite good though. His his little what it is was. it? His, his little bit of getting her at the thing and then slamming the thing down. That was quite fucking good. It was. Yeah. Good. yeah. But like, that's weird that they don't mention it. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah literally, and... you just imagine that there was loads of people just going whoop, going drive around that. That's somebody else's <laughs> fucking problem. <laughs> keeps alluding to like Erica's massive betrayal of Sue Ann. Yeah. Like, you know, and I'm so sorry, I, you deserve better than that. And it kind of implies that they were like friends and then but then she went along with the popular kids when this this thing happened and she gave that wrong guy a beejibber in the closet. Yeah. But that's never shown in any of the flashbacks. No. No. It just it feels it, it I said to you when we came out, wasn't it? It's really fucking weirdly edited and put together. Yeah, it is. It is. And it suffers from it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it, it, I don't know. It just, it kind of feels rough and ready and a little bit shambolic. And I don't like the thing is, I think it, I think it is supposed to be trashy. I think yeah. that's that's the thing that they are going for. Um, but then it's got this character who like the sense the central dilemma of Sue Ann is kind of elevated I suppose like the thing that happened to her in the past is like really fucking horrible 
Um, and you could, I, I don't know. I think they build up the kind of like the, the trauma quite well. The fact that she's not like fucking psychotic from the start, it, it kind of seems like if the kids just carried, carried on partying there and kind of like dealing with her weirdness that make that she wouldn't necessarily go to that next level. But it's the fact that it, it you know, it's the fact that she snaps because it, like, um, the main girl going upstairs and those uh, guys, excuse me, uh, and those guys uh, chucking the beers at her and stuff like that. That she just she kind of breaks, you know. And it, I I I don't know. I I thought there was some interesting shit there. But that's weird as well. Like, it's got, oh, excuse me. It's got the um basically the fucking unicorn to a teenager of a grown up who's willing to buy you copious amounts of alcohol. Mm. You, I mean, you wouldn't. You wouldn't throw shit at their car. You'd keep them sweet. Wouldn't yeah. You? Like it, it, it's not. She's not being weird to anybody else at that point, really, is she? But like fucking hanging out in the park. It's just cringy. Isn't it? it is a bit cringy at points. Yeah. But they have got somebody who's willing to consistently buy them booze and yeah. provide them somewhere to go. Yeah. I do go again, but nobody was there. Like the liquor store owner wasn't going. I'm buying a lot of fucking booze. This yeah. is a bit fucking weird. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because for the to be, because all all of the the kids at the parties and there's quite a lot. There's of kids a lot there. of kids up, come from nowhere. Literally, it goes from being like the four or five of them to being a lot. Yeah, like so, is she just approaching everyone, inviting them around? It does. Yeah, it, it, I think she's. I think she's hanging around outside the liquor store, just getting kids in the way, going in, going. Do you want to buy some booze and come see some fucking puppies? <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's just it's odd. But I I really enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. Yeah, so did I. It's a it's a blast of a film. It's it, it's fun watching Octavia Spencer get to play a bit fucked up and it is great when she fucking just goes off on one and just but the fucking the shot of just Alice and Janney just dead in the fucking kennel. That, that's another thing that's odd. Like that that feels like such a waste. She comes on screen for what, maybe thirty seconds, about three times, and then she's dead. Oh, yeah. But it's just a fun cameo, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Her character doesn't really mean anything. I liked her, her fucking sweary, <laughs> bitch vet character. I'm <laughs> <laughs> enjoying oh. spending a bit more time with her. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm always actually if you could spend more time with those. Uh... <laughs> but I mean, just the. the... I, I really like the escalation at the end, like what Suan actually does. I mean, that shit is fucking hardcore. You know, like it, I, I, the, that, I just the running gag of that girl who just falls asleep at parties as well. Like, I like the way that she's there. Yeah. Like, that's such a funny little detail. It almost seems like that, like as well. I, I can't, I, I'm sure they must have, but it seems a little bit like, like it's entirely plausible that they've just forgot to drag her out. At the end, <laughs> and nobody noticed. Good on you. <laughs> but like, no, in terms of that, it's like they dragged them out and then just kind of like st- sat watching the house. Is an odd ending. Yeah. I feel like as well, like if my if my kid was hanging out at some creepy grown-ups house that was buying them loads of booze and shit, I probably would do more to prevent it happening again I probably would contact like the authorities yeah. and two of the parents know yeah and do nothing 
But I think they they, they hope that just sort of a stern word will stop it. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. I think they're hoping that that a stern word with her will cause her to say it. Mm. I I, I think they're unaware of how unhinged she is. Yeah. And like, but she doesn't check that like what's his name's dad's actually dead when she sees him in the upstairs bedroom. She doesn't check that, but then she's quite happy to leave him to burn at the end. She does get tossed up with Dazza Pam quite quickly, though, doesn't she? She might have just forgot. True. True. What forgot it was even there? But it was even there, and then in the hospital later on, when Andy comes in and goes, "My dad's like come," she looks like gone. Oh. <laughs> oh, I fucking totally. I knew we should have called the fire brigade. Yeah, yeah. He was in a bedroom with some dog's blood. <laughs> Sorry about that. But you know, oh, fuck, and your mum's dead as well, isn't she? Not doing well for that, like, I did it. Yeah. Get a, get a, bad, get a bad week. I think his mum's probably dead longer than a week. We've got, oh, he's well, moved on to his. You fuck buddy. Yeah, but it's fine when he's yeah. dead, so you know, swings him around the belt. Yeah, oh, swings around the belt. So yeah, I, I, but I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was fun, and it was. Uh, it seems like it's kind of like gone a little bit under the radar for some reason, and not, not as much made as it could have done, really. It's just a, it's a fucking busy release corridor at the moment. There's a lot coming out like every fucking week at the moment. That's it. I think. I think you're right. I think it, it seems like they could have they could have picked a, a better time to release it. Really, um, you know, and there's similar things being levelled at, at, at the film that everyone has to watch. Um, so yeah, it does seem a little bit of an odd time to, to release it. But then again, I suppose probably when I was look at it and go, it cost five million dollars to make. We've got to make what ten, fifteen million dollars to make our money back, yeah. and it's easy going to make. 30 to 50 million. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it did like 16 in the US this weekend. So there you go, money made back. Yeah, I think it's so far worldwide, it's made over 20 million. There you go. And if Octavia Spencer's got some of the back end, then she's going to be quids in and good on her. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, um, I'm definitely not sure. I think it's, it's, a, it's a fun, fun, schlocky genre pick that doesn't quite get. Doesn't go overboard with the genre remix, which I quite enjoyed. It could have gone at, at one point. It does start to veer into full genre mode, but it, it doesn't quite go deep into it enough. Which I think is maybe just it's directed by a, a different type of filmmaker. I think it was directed yeah. by a specifically genre filmmaker. It would have gone to genre and we've had a big synth fucking soundtrack, and it it probably wouldn't have landed as nicely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our audience poll for this was let me have a wee little check. Uh, I think our problem with this is nobody's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to say the what is it because there was too few votes for it to count. <laughs> okay. So we'll say that all three of us were definitely not shy. Yeah. Right, yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, Ian, uh, what have you been watching this week? I'm actually just going to get a drink. Do you guys want to do some? Yeah. Uh, or if you want to wait around, feel free. But if you guys want to get started, I'll be back as quick as I can. Yeah, we'll, we'll do some. Uh, cool. We'll watch. Okay. 
we've been at the cabin, haven't we? So we've done the uh, customary hot tub time machine uh, watch uh, that we always do. But we also watched the sequel. We so. also did watch uh, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, um, which you couldn't remember, could you? And I remember that I'd seen it, but I couldn't really remember the detail. Uh, what, do you, what do you think on your rewatch of it? It's it's a lot of fun. It isn't as good as the first one, but it is a lot of fun. And it kind of, it does more with the, you know, it takes the time travel a bit and, and does a bit more with it, doesn't it? So instead of just going back in time again, then they go forward and they have to kind of retrofit and to try and solve a mystery that's happened in the past, blah, blah, blah. So... Yeah, it's it's good fun, and it's you said it's a bit more sort of wacky yeah. it, than than the um, than the first one, but the first one's pretty wacky. I, I, I think the first one's more zany than wacky, mm. whereas this one's this one's quite wacky and it's quite it, it. I suppose having the future element of it, you can they can play around with it a little bit yeah. more, and they can do sort of weirder stuff with it. Um, and they, they kind of lean into that a little bit. Yeah. What is quite amusing is the um, Clark Duke character in it. Um, he's wearing a ridiculous outfit and they're, they're mocking how stupid he looks in the outfit. And then <laughs> it literally yeah. is now what fucking Pharrell wears like to fucking go and buy milk. Um, yeah. So it, it, that's that's quite amusing. It's kind of, you know... I think it's all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there was a lot more. I know there was a lot more improv on on this, and um, oh. that kind of plays through. Um, Craig Robinson continues to be the the star of the show of how he usually is in most anything he's in. Yeah, he's brilliant. In, in that, um, I, I like the fact that Rob Cordry just continues to play just an an unreal arsehole. In Toxic. It. Yeah, um, they, they really lean into that. The fact that he actually gets into an actual car. <laughs> Tries to kill him. <laughs> Tries to kill him. Um, yeah, he has kind of thought, but he's still an arsehole by the end of it. That's yeah. that's the amusing bit of it. Um, is he still an arsehole by the end of it? It's there's a lot. There's I, I'd say it, it's it's not as coherent, but there are some out like laugh out loud moments in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. The fucking nerd song. Is. Yeah. But that's we we yeah that's made it way into our yeah so what else have we watched yet? Um, oh yes, yeah, so we watched yeah. So before we went away, didn't we? We watched um, Urban Legend. Yeah. Um, I mean, that gets a lot of play in our house, doesn't it, that film? You so, very much like Urban Legend, yeah, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, it's, it's, yeah. It's great. I mean, is it, though? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's, like, it's, 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 um... Schlocky 90s horror movie. Yeah, but it's, it's, I quite like the, the kind of turning the... Stupid urban legends round on their head and kind of someone making them come true with like not even like a copycat killer but like as a, a themed serial killer. Yeah. Um and then obviously it turns out to be Rebecca Gerhardt and her fantabulous hair. She does all magnificent hair in this, this movie, yeah. So uh yeah. Well, thank you. 
No. Kelly no. Key as well, though. We did watch Kelly Key as well. I, 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 the Urban Legend is a weird one in the sense that it kind of, I think it came along a year or two too late. Mm. So you had like Scream and then Scream 2. You also yeah. had what you did, like, did last summer. And yeah, I still know what you did last summer. And then Urban Legend kind of came along towards the tail end of that mm. as the um, sort of J-horror and things like that yeah, were starting to, to come in. So it felt a little kind of like old hat when yeah. it got released, yeah. even though it, it did it did quite quite it did you know very well in, in terms of for how the, these horror movies do. And it it had the cast of you know young up and comers that. None of them really managed to quite go on from there, with the exception of Jared Leto, which is the one at the time I think people thought would be the one who wouldn't go on. If you were to pick out of these, the one they were trying to push most was Tara Reid, who looks unrecognisable in this movie, oh, to what she, she looks like now. She's so cute. Rebecca Gerhardt. At least Witt never really jumped on. And that was intentional no. herself. Yeah. But yeah, but then it's got, weirdly, it's got Jared Leto in it. This film, this film has an Oscar winner in it. <laughs> That's mental, isn't it? Yeah. And so, what's his name? Joshua Jackson's in it as well, Yeah, he's not very good in this. He is. Joshua's good in everything. Nice. Um, <laughs> so go on then. Uh, yeah, Skelenki. This, this film is... You love this film. I right? absolutely adore this film to the point where our DVD of it that we took with us to the cabin went wrong and I think it's probably because it's like worn out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Anything sort of voodoo, hoodoo-y is like Becky Nick in it, really. Yeah. Um, I found a different one I say it about me. No, it sounds wrong. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, film about voodoo and voodoo sort of king and queen stealing young people's bodies, living for a bit and stealing more young people's bodies. It's it's a it's an odd one this in the sense that. I quite, I quite like Ian Softly um, as a director, um, and weirdly, uh, he his debut film was the film Batbeat that we um, spoke about oh. last week, uh, and he also did Hackers, which is mental but actually really a lot of fun. But it's in similar way to like Ma, in a sense that this is schlock of the highest order, <laughs> but it's got Gina Rollins in it, John Hurt. Uh, and Peter Skarsgård, who are all very good actors. Galanke's not Schlockman. And uh, Kate Hudson, who also is a very good actress, and can play can play these kind of roles quite well. Yeah. Uh, because you're supposed to empathise with her, but you're also to, supposed to, I think, in a way, think that she's a little bit of a dick. Um, I don't get that off it. Open thing. She is uppity. Yeah. And Kate Hudson plays uppity quite well. I love her reply to the question about the tattoo there. Who did he make? What's the name of? Oh. And she replies with, not where you can see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed Skelling. Um, I'm going to have to get another coffee. We will just get an iTunes. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Um, Ian, what have you been watching this week? Sorry. Okay, so <clears throat> I, watched, uh, I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters, as I've already alluded to. So... This is the uh, Michael Doherty uh, directed uh, entry in the um, I don't know, monster cinematic universe, whatever the fuck Warner's calling it. Um, 
So it's a direct sequel to the uh, Gareth Edwards 2014 Godzilla. Uh, you've got returning cast in there, Sally Hawkins and Ken Watanabe. Um, no one else. Uh, oh, no, actually, David Strathairn. I'm pretty sure he was in the first one. He pops up here. Um, so what's the story on this one? Um Monarch, the uh, kind of organization that is kind of like tracking these beasts that was featured prominently in Kong Skull Island, um, ha, it, it is basically trying to kind of communicate with um, this monster. They call them titans in this. Uh, that's kind of encased itself in something in under some fucking temple. Uh, it turns out it's Mothra. Uh, spoiler alert but there's monsters in this what can I say it's called King of the Monsters um, and Charles Dance plays an eco-terrorist uh, who steals a um, piece of technology to use to communicate with the Titans and kidnaps Vera Farmiga and Millie Bobby Brown uh, Kyle Chandler is uh, estranged husband slash father of Farmiga and Millie Bobby Brown and uh, he's kind of engaged to uh, rescue them and uh, Godzilla wakes up because uh, the other Titans are waking up and it's like well shit I better wake up as well then so that I can restore balance to Earth I think <laughs> uh, um, yeah I, this, the, the, this, this is not a good film um the thing is the the gareth edwards godzilla it was kind of like i i i distinctly remember a scene in that film where it's all about to kick off and then like a door closes and then it cuts to the aftermath um this the door is wide open but you're just watching it going, I don't care at all <clears throat> about any of it. Uh-huh. Um, there's the, the, the plot. There's a reveal with a character, which is one of the most telegraphed apparent fucking plot twists I think I've ever fucking seen in my life. I'm not I'm not going to spoil it here, but it's ridiculous. Um Charles Dance's character, who it looks like they've set up to be in future films if the post credit scene, because of course there's a post credit scene, has anything to go by. He's just this fucking, like, he's the one character, he's one of the only characters, in, well, actually, pretty much every single character in this film that is at all bothered about the damage that society is doing to the planet is a bad guy in this film, apart from Godzilla. Um, it's, it's very weird. It's basically, we fucked up the planet, so now Godzilla's gonna come out, but the bad guys want the other monsters to come out as well, so that balance will be restored to the world, because, I shit you not, the monster's radiation creates new life. And it's, like, what? So the best thing to happen is for radiated irradiated monsters to fuck things up because in their wake they leave the potential for growth. Um, literally, there is a scene in this film 
where they decide to reactivate Godzilla by blowing up a bomb on him. <laughs> so they wake him up by, by, by kind of like just essentially prodding him really hard with a bomb. Yeah, yeah, just giving him a bit of a recharge. And it's like, cool, okay, now he's all blue and he's spitting out blue flame. Awesome. That's a cool image. But they literally, I don't know, they exploded a bomb on Godzilla. And that, I mean, like he was born of nuclear testing, but apparently the thing to make him healthy is do more nuclear testing right next to him. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a very, very confused film where the climate change, the, the people who want to like warn of climate change are the bad guys. You're watching all this stuff happening and not caring and it's 131 minutes long but the end credits song is by Serge Tankian who I believe is from System of a Down yes he is doing a song called Godzilla where there's literally lyrics in the song oh no there goes Tokyo go 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 Godzilla yeah which is incredible um it just, I, I, th- and the, the, the thing is, Kong Skull Island is a good, fun, derivative as shit, but knows what it is and tries to be fun and cool and stylish with it. Adventure romp. So basically, it, that's it's a cover then by, by the Blue Eyes to Cult song Godzilla. Sorry. The song is a cover of Go Go Godzilla by uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Right. That makes way more sense than the guy from System of a Down writing the lyrics, Oh no, there goes Tokyo, Go 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 Godzilla. So I'll read you some of the lyrics here. With a purposeful grimace and a terrible sound, he pulls the spitting high-tension wires down. Yeah. Helpless people on subway trains scream bug-eyed as he looks in on them. He picks up a bus and he throws it back down as he wades through the buildings towards the centre of town. Oh no, they say he's got to go. Go, go, Godzilla. Oh no, there goes Tokyo. Go, go, Godzilla. And there are more lyrics. It just... If the film was as fun as those lyrics, you'd have a blast on your hands. But you've got this really, really serious film even though at one point one character goes oh god and then it cuts to bradley whitford who goes zilla and it's it it, it's i i uh i don't know a character dies and before they die they say long live the king and then there's a big explosion and it it just (laughs) it wants it wants to be serious but it's also insanely cheesy, doesn't make any sense. The action has some cool moments. And to be fair, the score has got some really good little nods to the original score from Godzilla, which I really enjoyed. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, like it seems like the people defending it are saying this is very close to old school Godzilla versus films. And yeah, that that that's great, but that doesn't mean that I enjoy this film. And probably on that evidence, I wouldn't enjoy, enjoy any of those films either. 
it's a it's a waste of time. Kyle Chandler is basically the lead character in this film, and he's shit, and that's a crime. And it's quite easy. it's a long film, isn't it? Yeah, 131 minutes. And I mean, Millie Bobby Brown, who was cast because Stranger Things is a thing. Um, I don't know. Whatever, she's fine. Vera Farmiga is Vera Farmiga. At the, at this point, Vera Farmiga is Vera Farmiga. I I don't know. It's like she always looks a bit concerned. <laughs> Yeah, that's that, that that pretty much is Vera Farming goes along. Yeah. You know, and I I I that, that I don't know. That's that's Vera Farmiga now. Well done. Um it just it's it's a, a waste of a lot of things. But I mean it's not it's not utter utter shit because there is some that there are some interesting visuals in there. But my God, there's not enough in there to justify 131 minutes. And I don't know how anyone comes out of this film saying it's fun. It, it just it, it, it was mind numbingly boring for pretty long stretches. And I mean, like, I mean, like, I know Bex didn't fancy it. I, th- I, I, I think you basically would have been asleep, Bex. So, you know, it, yeah, yeah, just. Uh. I, I, I was up for it. I went to see it ten past ten on Saturday morning in the super screen with the big screen and the Dolby Atmos, and it. I was so fucking bored. Which, which literally is the worst crime a film can commit is to leave you bored for large swears of it. Yeah. yeah. Shit films can be interesting or can be can make you angry at how shit they are or anything like that. If a film genuinely leaves you bored then that's that's quite damning. Yeah. I would always say. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Any other bits that, that didn't make you bored? The the score and a couple of the the, the images peppered through it. That's it. 130 odd minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm glad we didn't catch this. <laughs> no, I, I I would be as well. I wish I didn't. Um okay, uh so I also watched um, watched Matilda with with Lottie and I had a good deal of fun watching that with her yesterday afternoon. Um, I really like Matilda. Never seen it before. Danny DeVito knocking it out of the park with a family film. Who knew? Thing is, I, I remember seeing Matilda at the cinema and, and and hating it. And I think it was maybe just the wrong time for me to see it at the cinema and I need to watch it again. The little girl's kind of annoying in it. I thought she was all right. Um, yeah, I mean, like to be fair, you would. How old would you have been then? Like ninety six. Ninety six. I've been like thirteen, fourteen. So it's not really the. Yeah, that'd be a terrible yeah, place to Um, but no, I mean, I I had fun with it, and Lottie said at the end that she was happy crying, so Aww. it worked. I think, bless her. Um. Yeah. So, uh, I also to put in there. I actually quite like Matilda, but I do find Mara Wilson quite annoying in it. But. I still quite like the film. I wasn't like shitting on the film. Danny DeVito and Maria Perlman are absolutely fantastic as the parents. Oh god, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like the uh, putting sawdust in the engine um, so that it kind of like hides the noise and it will run for a couple miles and then conk out. Like that's such fucking. You like he's he's so cheap. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I watched High Life. 
Um, so, Claire Denis' latest, um, or as I think it should be called, Robert Pattinson, colon, enter the fuck box. Um, <laughs> so, even though thinking about it, he doesn't enter the fuck box. So, um, it's actually called a fuck box. Uh, mental. Right, so, high life. Um, Robert Pattinson plays a... It, it kind of starts off, and he's this guy on a spaceship caring for a baby. And it's like, what the hell's going on there, then? Um, and then it kind of, like, it essentially tracks back, and um, he... He's part of the crew of uh, convicts uh, who are uh, basically taken off a death row and it's basically you're going to get more life, but it's essentially a suicide mission. But hey, you'll live longer. Um, and it's kind of unclear what exactly. I'll be honest with you. When I got to the end of the film, I was still a little bit unclear as to what they were doing. I think they were traveling to a black hole to try and harness its energy to provide the Earth with unlimited energy, I think. Um, but Juliette Binoche plays uh, also a convict who's the ship's doctor who is doing kind of experiments on them to maybe get them pregnant, like someone pregnant and see if the, the birth can, uh, like, see if the child can actually be born. It's a, a bit odd. I watched this film in one sitting and I was stone cold sober. So... And I didn't have my phone on me or anything. So I was I was locked in as, as much as I could. And by the end, I was still a little unsure as to what exactly was happening. Um, there is a there is a area of the ship called the fuck box, which you see Juliette Binoche using in pretty graphic detail. And I don't know why that was there. But, okay. to be there. <laughs> well, yeah, to be fair, she probably like put that on her rider yeah. and Claire Denis was like, Do you know what? I'll put that in the film. Yeah, I want to have my own footbox. Oh yeah. what? Do that? <laughs> um even though I mean, there's a there's a that Claire Denis was on the Empire magazine uh podcast a few weeks back and she and the, the Empire's editor Terry White talk about the fuck box quite a lot. And I thought that was just really funny because they just keep on insisting on calling it the fuck box. But then you watch the film and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, it is literally called the fuck box. OK, fair <laughs> enough. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I don't know what this was. Um, Mia Goff's in it because, of course, she is. Yeah. Um, like, seriously, there is not a European art house film that woman will not star in. It's <laughs> incredible. Um Robert Pattinson is really good. Um, he becomes great in the end. The last 10, 15 minutes kind of made me think, yeah, all right, then I think I would recommend this film. Before it, it's despite everything I'm saying, it's really depressing. Um, it's just this, like, people kind of being horrible to each other. And it's all about, like, the hopelessness of life and how... You know, you probably won't mean all that much in the grand scheme of things. Um, Mark, you watched The Ghost Story, didn't you? Or have you not yet? I've not yet watched The Ghost Story. Right, okay, fine. There's a speech in a ghost story, which is a really, really good speech. And it feels like High Life is that kind of extended out for 113 minutes. And by the end, it's like, I wish that speech was a lot shorter. I, I like the speech length in a ghost story, not so much when it's a full length feature. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's good. 
the ending is terrific. I really, really like the ending. The last shot is brilliant. Um, and I can see why it would do absolutely no business commercially, despite Robert Pattinson being in it. Um, but I'm, I don't hate that I watched it. I'm glad that I watched it. And it, show, it again shows that Pattinson's a really interesting um, actor. Andre Benjamin's in it as well. And I did not know that was him until the end credits. Uh, so that that was cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a fuck box. It's kind of worth watching it just for that. <laughs> we, we, we will be watching it. Fuck box. Non-pending anyway. Nice. Um, and last one for me, uh, The Perfection, uh, which has been... It was kind of like the talked about film on film Twitter last week. Yeah, uh, it was it was it was Wednesday to Friday's talked about film. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is uh, starring Alison Williams from Girls and Get Out. She plays a cellist, uh, kind of former child prodigy, who um, uh, had to kind of stop to care for her dying mother. Her mother's passed away, and uh, she kind of gets herself back into the lives of uh, her former teachers. Uh, but they have like a new favourite um, and Williams's character kind of focuses on her and it goes on from there. Um, this is a film which for the first 45 minutes to an hour, I had no idea where it was going and it was great. Um, there's they, they lay a couple of seeds as to what's happening early on. There is a there is a sequence on a bus and after they get off the bus where it was that thrilling i honestly have no idea where this ride is going but i'm really glad i'm on it kind of vibe you get from films at times and i saw brad uh describe it as the most south korean american film he's ever seen and yeah yeah this feels like something that It feels like an, an American director, and it's the guy who directed the fucking Matador, if I remember correctly, uh, Richard Shepard, I think yeah. his name is. Um, and it's just like his work beforehand, I think, has been fairly in, uh, anonymous. But here he comes with this film that does feel like someone who's been watching a lot of like Park Chan Wook kind of Bong Joon Ho type stuff and just thought, shit, I'll have a go at doing one of those. And yeah, it, it goes it goes to some places, uh, not maybe as much as as those filmmakers would that, you you know, you would get from a, a South Korean film. Um, but the it, thing about it, his his career is his early stuff before he got into basically just doing sort of TV stuff mm. was quite. A little bit odd. Yeah. And even sort of Don Hemingway was quite odd film. Oh, actually, no, you're right. It was. Um, in that, um, so yeah, it's 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 not one you know, but he's done like things. I think he's doing episodes of the new Twilight Zone movie um, series. But yeah, he did like girls and a lot of a lot of TV stuff. Mm. Well, I mean, like he, it, this film is cinematic. It's got some really good twists. I think once it all coalesces at the end, it feels like yeah, this is a film made in 2019. Um, and it, I, I, I think 
there, there's an argument to be made that it, it, it is kind of like jumping on some trends. Um, but that's also kind of fine because what it does is 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 perfectly well done. And there's kind of an image at the end, which I thought was really interesting and did feel quite Park Chan Wookiee, which I enjoyed. Um, so, yeah, the, I, I would recommend The Perfection. I mean, it's not a five star banger, um, but I had a great deal of fun watching it. Um, I think you guys would get a kick out of it. Yeah, they're definitely getting out of that one. I wish I got the course catching that. Nice. And I think it's only like 93 minutes long as well, so it, 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 it's pretty in and out. Gets in, gets shit done, gets the fuck out. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, so was that, was that everything from you yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Cool, right. Uh, so we're going to do Andrew Jones' pick for Patreon. Uh, you, me, and uh, Dupree. Um, so, yes, I mean, two seconds. So, it's, well, I think he, he picked it because it was the Russo brothers and it was on the Endgame uh, episode that, that, that he picked it. So he wanted to sort of go back and look at the Russo brothers. Was this their first feature film, was it? I want to um, say. No, it wasn't Welcome to Collingwood. Yes, yeah, so Welcome to Collingwood was. What was that then? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I might yeah, know. Yeah, I really like Welcome to Collingwood. I might be wrong, though. No, you're not. You're right. I mean, there's one called Pieces, but I think that's a student film. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. Ah, fucking hell. It's mental that literally they have done Welcome to Collingwood, You, Me, and Dupree, and then Captain America, The Winter Soldier. <laughs> that's fucking <laughs> weird, eh? Well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, You, Me, and Dupree. Uh, stars, Kate Hudson, Owen Wilson, Matt Dillon. Um, Seth Rogen and uh, Michael Douglas. I completely forgot Seth Rogen was in this one. <laughs> um, so, Caitlin plays Molly, uh, who is about to marry Carl, played by Matt Dillon. Uh, her father uh, is played by Michael Douglas. Carl works for her father's company um, and doesn't seem to like Carl that much. Seems to spend a lot of his time trying to essentially emasculate and mock him. Um, Molly doesn't seem to notice any of this, um, and Carl can't quite work out if um, he's paranoid or whatever. And then in step, Carl's best man, Dupree, or Randolph Dupree, played by Owen Wilson, who is basically just playing stock Owen Wilson character, which (laughs) might actually just be Owen Wilson. Um, It might be... There's a possibility you posited an idea that that essentially Matt Dillon just called up Owen Wilson and went, "Oh, Owen, do you want to come stay at my house for a little bit?" And he went, "Yeah, yeah." Just film what happened. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, Turn Up Dupree has been fired from his job because he took a week off work to go to their wedding, uh, and he's living in a bar. But then he's told he can no longer live in the bar because Harry Dean Stanton is complaining that he can't live in the bar. So why should Dupree be allowed to live in the bar? And genuinely, these are actual moments in the movie. <laughs> Um, so yeah uh, so he ends up going and living with the newlyweds and hilarity ensues uh, Ian I- I'm guessing you had seen you me and Debris uh, no I no I hadn't it was uh, it was a blessed it was a blessed first time watch right um, how did you find you me and Debris because it was kind of May in that post Anchorman um, little swathe of movies where you had you know the post Anchorman and post Zoolander 
you had people like um, Will Ferrell and Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson were making a lot of movies at this time, and they essentially, for a brief amount of time, were comedy movies for, for another amount of time. And then people like Seth Rogen came along and took on the mantle and from there. Yeah, it's just this film that I don't know. It it just feels really anonymous. I like it. It, it's one of the most disposable films I think I've ever seen. Like, I got no nutritional value from it whatsoever, but at the same time, I didn't have the shits. So, I, I don't know. Well done, I guess. Um, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, Owen Wilson is playing Owen Wilson. I, I think it's... I think the casting of Matt Dillon is really interesting because it was when Matt Dillon was trying... was kind of like trying to be in comedies every now now and then um it's just like his character feels like he should not be in a comedy his character feels like he should be in a psychological thriller about a man being driven insane by his best friend moving in with him um i mean Owen Wilson feels like he should be the one with Kate uh, uh, Kate Hudson if that was how the film ended with Matt Dillon like basically going psychotic and Owen Wilson saving Kate Hudson and getting with her, I think that would have been a better film. And at points, I think that's almost what Matt Dillon thought he was making. Um, I I just yeah I I mean the the subplot with Michael Douglas, it's like as soon as your father-in-law's asking you to get a vasectomy, you tell your wife. Okay. Uh, but you, you you know you you I it just. No, it, it, it does give us the amusing bit where he tries to sort of talk to Dupree about it and asks him, "Can let's give him advice for it to what if um, Mr. Thompson asked you to get a vasectomy?" Owen <laughs> <laughs> Wilson can't quite understand why he would ask him to get a vasectomy. Oh no, and I mean, I I really like the fact that it, they call that back later on with Dupree <laughs> actually asking him, "I have one question for you," <laughs> you know. And it was, I mean, that that's. You know, that's the thing. I mean, like, there there are some good moments in this film. The random bit of business of Seth Rogen just going round his house to look for the porn in the bin. It's like, I don't know why that's there. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really have an effect on anything. It's basically just Matt Dillon just going like, get out of here, you dirty bastard. You know, and, and that's and, about it. It doesn't. And then you get the Seth Rogen laugh as he runs by. <laughs> yeah. And you get the, the, the big, loud Seth Rogen laugh. Which always reminds me of the that video thing of that um, guy in the airport. Some guy in the airport gets arrested. And he happens to look a little bit like Seth Rogen, but he's been handcuffed and he runs away. And the security camera footage is of him in the fore, in the foreground, uh, it's in the background, and then all of a sudden he runs past through the foreground. This guy and somebody has taken the video and inserted Seth Rogen's laugh over <laughs> there. And it's, it's it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a good time. I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just um, it it was it was fine. You know, I I didn't hate my time with it. It it feels like a film that could not be made now. Um, you know, some of the reactions that Matt Dillon has to certain things, I just think you wouldn't be able to get away with. Um, and the Lance Armstrong stuff aged badly as well. Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. Um. 
like all the live strong stuff but yeah but i don't know the ending where it's just like dupree is now some sort of like world famous motivational speaker you know but i'm just like yeah fine why not cool you know like maybe go sleep with kate hudson now or something i don't know but yeah i i, I thought it was fine i mean what do you guys think next you go i It, it, it is very throwaway. I do agree with you on that. Um, but Owen Wilson, I'll just watch anything with him in. To be fair, so I think I think the Owen Wilsoniness of it is it, it redeems it. And I like Kate Hudson as well. Um, she's really good in it. Their little sort of blossoming friendship is really sweet to watch. Um, so yeah, I, I mean we've seen it before, haven't we? I just I just find him quite. You sweet you hated it the first time I watched it though. I did. You did. You 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 really really disliked it. You were going through your I don't like Kate Hudson phase that you went through. That was a thing. It did. No. It did. When yeah, you started to really like her yoga pants, you didn't like Kate Hudson. Isn't true. That's true. No, isn't. I love fool's gold. Everyone loves fool's gold. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just I think I think the the actual performances redeem what is essentially quite a weak story. Um, but it's I mean it's it's a fun like I I'd probably categorise it as like a Sunday afternoon watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's just so many funny bits though when you like think over it, like the bit with the skin, the fact that he like makes friends with all the like kids on the street and then turns them into like his little gang like that when he burns down the house it's just it's, it's an over like you say it, it, it's it's aged badly but i think if you go back and you want to look at a lot of these um these movies from around this time mm. um it, i think if, it really realistic if you, if you go back and you look at um anything like zoolander or anchorman things like that They've not aged fantastically. It's just they've got away with the fact that they're satirical. This doesn't get away with it because it's not satirical. So there is, um, like, for instance, Matt, da- Matt uh, Dillon, sorry, uh, not Matt Dillon. Uh, Matt Dillon, you know, referring to him as a homo because he writes poetry. Yeah. Um, and, and stuff like that. There's, there's bits that just don't fucking sit right. And the fact that, the one bit that baffles me is she seems like she's all right. As a character, as a person, like she's kind of cool and kind of breezy, and what is it? So why would she be such a dick about him having his friends around to watch the football? Yeah, it seems a little bit out of character. Well, she wasn't really a dick about it, was she? Literally, was... they're all terrified of the fact that she, when she comes home, and she, they all immediately decide to leave. Yeah, but she doesn't really give many reasons to until she notices that they've used the silver plot of the nachos, and then two strippers turn up. No, 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 they've already left by the time the strippers turned up. Yeah, I'm saying she doesn't, she doesn't like react by the I know, I'm saying, but, but the right. fact that they would think that yeah, gives yeah, off yeah. an element of the character. Yeah. It's not like he literally just met her and married her and what is it? Yeah. She's obviously been there for a while. Yeah, yeah. So it, it seems like that seems a little bit like, right, what character is she? Because you, you portray her as being like quite a nice person and yeah. fun and things like that, but actually, no, is she just a dick and we're not seeing that side of her? Oh, it's weird. I think I think partly it is that the rest of the world 
sure I find other wives, aren't they? Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's just the Seth Rogen being, what is it? When he goes around to get the paw. <laughs> yeah. But then also you've got all the bits of, am I right in thinking that literally, I think the only woman you actually see properly in this movie is Kate Hudson. Yeah, you might be right. You don't see Seth Rogen's right. wife. You see her briefly in the background, but she's blurred out. Yeah. And the is it Mandy Molly Mandy? Or Andy? Mandy. Mandy, yeah. You don't see her at all. No. That's weird. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. It's a, it's an odd one, really. And like you say, the, the Lance Armstrong stuff doesn't lend well, but then again, it doesn't it doesn't land it doesn't age well with dodgeball either. That's true. You know, so there is there is that element of it. They seem to this like little gang of comedians seem to really get on with the Lance Armstrong thing and sort of see him as oh, <laughs> is it and a live strong thing. And yeah. then now it's kind of a little bit like that. But then again, think about it. For an entire Premier League season, all Premier League footballers are wearing the little yellow wristband things. Yeah. So, you know, the whole Lance Armstrong thing hasn't aged well. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I still, I enjoyed my time enough with it. Like you say, it, we watched it, we literally did watch it on a Sunday afternoon, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it killed, well, Sunday morning, we watched it for breakfast Sunday morning, didn't we? Yeah, we did that. Um, I feel it was kind of perfect. Yeah, so we were in a log cabin watching that, eating pancakes. That worked. Yeah. It, 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 it gave us enough in that moment, I think, <clears throat> to, to, to kind of go, do you know what, that was fine. And the fact that it's maybe a little bit overlong, but it's not too overlong. It's like two and a bit hours, like no. some of the ways it's going to work. But I wouldn't have ever thought that the people who directed this would go on to <laughs> direct quite literally some of the biggest movies of all time. No, weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is really weird. Mm. It it's it gonna be fascinating, right? To say that, because I actually I, I I completely forgot that it was them did work at Collingwood. I never realised it was them that did work at Collingwood. It would be more accurate. Mm. Um, and then obviously you know the Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. Where the fuck do they go from here? I don't know if they got anything on the slate. A film called Cherry. I'm assuming that's not a remake of the Melanie Griffiths movie Cherry. No, I think it's got Tom Holland in. Yeah. Um, so it's just a little bit like Tom Holland, yeah. So an army medic suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder becomes a serial bank robber after an addiction to drugs puts him in debt. Fair enough. Based on a book. Um, so yeah, it just it it must be a really weird thing for them to go right. Well, was it was it their vision that 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 propelled these movies to where they were, mm. um, or were they just very safe pairs of hands? Um, Are they done with the Marvel universe now? I think it's it's probably going to be both element really isn't it because obviously you've got to respect the the franchise enough not try and do anything on your own with it mm. yeah. we just see also if they go out and do their own thing mm. 
you know, do films independently. Instead of working together all the time. Yeah, because isn't Joel Cohen about to do a, a movie on his own? Whoa. Really? I'm sure one of the what I'm sure one of the Cohen brothers is directing a movie solely on his own. Let me see if I'm I'm, I'm talking absolute crap there. Um, but like with TV stuff, they didn't solely do just TV like together as Russo brothers. They did individual episodes of things quite often. Yeah. Yeah, um, Joel Cohen is directing um, a, or is slated to do uh, Macbeth with Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand, but that is that is just Joel Cohen. Fucking hell, it's going big though, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing another Coen Brothers movie, Um, so. It's not like the the falling out or anything like that, but yeah, he's he's doing a, a solo Macbeth. Interesting. Hmm, wow. Yeah, that could be quite quite like you say, he's going big with that. But yeah, I I I I enjoyed my time enough with with uh, you, me, and Debray. Um I'm I don't think it's shit. So I'm definitely not shit on it. But I also don't think it's that great. But it's not quite a geo at all. Not touching clock. I don't think I am touching cloth with it because I, I I think in the right setting I think you can kind of get away with watching it and letting it just breeze over you. There's enough yeah. there's enough laughs in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. To to, to get you through it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's fair. I'd go I'd go with that. I would say it it all depends on your tolerance for Owen Wilson. If you like Owen Wilson and his shtick appeals to you, you're fine. If it doesn't, then no, this isn't going to be the movie for you. He's so earnest. <laughs> Oh, the bit where, where yeah, the bit with the vasectomy is just so funny. Yeah. Uh, our audience poll, definitely not shit, 33%, touching cloth, 50%, and shit, 17%. What are you on it, Bex? Definitely not shit. What are you on it, Ian? Yeah, definitely not shit. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, right. <laughs> we we do have a couple of questions, but I think we have one question and one response to our, what is that? Quite there on the Twitter. Um, so a question that we asked our audience was um, uh, which film character would be your dream holiday partner and which destination in film would you go to a person to a place Uh, Robert De Niro in Midnight Run um going to thailand because it would be an adventure but he'd get you there (laughs) so you're literally traveling to thailand with him yeah that's yeah (laughs) fucking and ronnie cox is just fucking running around trying to what is it (laughs) stop you there you go i'd rather that i'd rather that not happen but yeah (laughs) bex you go Um, Fletch. What? Right. What? Go on. Fletch. Um. And. Um. The alternative kind of universe in uh, Last Action Hero. 
with Fletch. Nice. That'd, that'd be quite cool. Or, or, Rosamund Pike's amazing Amy in any Jello movie. That's my bad shout out. Yeah, just go to a Jello movie with her. In the world of Deep Red. That'd be fucking great, wouldn't it? Not, not Rosamund Pike, actual psycho from Gone Girl. What? The actual, just the amazing Amy character. Yeah, the character, yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I'd like to go to the the sort of weird spirit world in Spirited Away. Who I don't know who wins. Totoro. Yeah, fuck it, Totoro can come. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's because my ideal movie meal, like you know, when you see stuff in films that you, you'd like to try, yeah. it would be a bowl of Hayao Miyazaki's ramen. All right, go on then. That's you've a got, great show. Open up another question there, then. Well, that's mine. No, but you open up another question there. Go on. Best movie food. Oh, uh, right. I have to think about that. That ramen there. Yeah. It always looks delicious. Like when they make it in Ponyo as well. Yeah. Fucking, I'll eat that. That, that fucking cartoon. That that fucking um, grilled cheese that they make in Chef. That looks incredible. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to John Favreau's chef TV show. Yeah. Ooh. Have you not seen that? No. Uh, so John Favreau and the, the guy, the, the chef who inspired him to do that, he's, made, he's done a TV show called Chef, um, where it's not a TV show of the movie, it's John Favreau just going around cooking uh, with people, and like, talking about his love for cooking with people like Scarlett Johansson and Gwyneth Paltrow and a whole host of like proper fucking A-list celebrities. It's going on Netflix, I think it comes on Netflix this weekend, I think. Really? I'm sure it does, yeah. Let me see. Let me just have a double check. Let's see if that's what it is. Um, So yeah, that that should be quite cool. Because literally, I, I... I was never a fan. I, I was never really a fan of a new um, John Favreau. So like, I, I'd been swinging bits like that, but I disliked him in a lot of things. But then once so in Chef, he kind of started to warm to me again. He warm to you? Yeah. Uh, let's try and find it. Try to find any details about it. Mm-hmm. I can't. Self, there we go. The Chef Show. Um, yeah, it's two like big soft feature length episodes. Um, and yeah, I think it comes on next week. But it's got like Tom Hollander and Robert Downey Jr. and all sorts of people in it. Bloody hell. Yeah. It's like they've made it around the same time as they obviously they were making one of the Avengers movies. Yeah. And he's just like probably done it on downtime and bits like that. It could be quite cool. The trailer out for it. it looks really quite good. Um, oh, one trailer we didn't talk, talk about for two weeks now. Mm. Um, so I'm going to tangent slightly out of this uh, before we do our quite other question. Uh, is the Liam Gallagher documentary? Oh, uh, uh, as you were? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's out this weekend. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to that. What's it on? Uh, it's cinema, cinematic release, yeah. And I, I feel it literally is going to be Liam Gallagher 
just basically going, yeah, I'm a prick, I'm a fucking rock and roll star, I'm supposed to be a prick. That's pretty much his answer to everything. That, that, that literally yeah. is his whole thing, but it kind of works for him. There's yeah. a great moment in it, in the trailer, where he's at his mum's house and he sees a picture of Noel and his missus and refers to him, that's, uh, that's Prince Albert in it, and what's her name again? <laughs> and it's just, you look at going, yeah, you are a prick, but you're a charismatic fucker as well, aren't you? <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, very much looking forward to, to that. I'm very much looking forward to Noel's response to it, which is always just to go, oh, fucking hell, he's a mob with my brother, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, what I will say is there will be some great insults in that. Well, the, yeah. man can, the man can insult in a very poetic way. Creative way. Yes. Yeah. Like constantly referring to Noel as, a, as, as the potato. Is he boring, Noel, isn't he? <laughs> He's not. He's just not got that, has he? No. Um, ah, right. And question, question, question. We've only got one question ourselves. Rick Kidd, at Rick J Kidd. If you were to resurrect a dead film star to make uh, one more film, who would it be and what would the film be? What are we doing? If you were to resurrect a dead film star to make one more film, who would it be and what would the film be? Um, uh, Harry, Harry Dean Stanton for Alien 5, where it turns out that his character from Alien was actually alive all along uh, and is actually the architect of the entire Alien mythology. So it would be Harry Dean Stanton basically telling Michael Fassbender that he's not the alien daddy. Harry Dean Stanton is the alien daddy, and then Harry Dean Stanton and Michael F. Aspender would have a massive fight. I'd watch the shit out of that. That's some real thought fighting. That's good. I bet that'd be. I bet that that already sounds better than whatever pitch would be Scott for the third new Alien movie said yes to. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Uh, yours be Thinking. You're thinking. I'm not good at thinking on the. On the fly like this. Yeah, but the question was posed a while ago. So yeah, I know. But I've, so I've got no, that. I've got no data left of her. I used it all at the cabin, so I can't take anything at home. You are at home. Yeah, I know, but you've been at home since the question asked. Yeah, Bex, you're not coming up with some good reasons here, dude. <laughs> I was busy watching Haunting of Hill House as well. <laughs> um, well, I, literally, I, I'm saying this to stall you because I can't think of this, but I'm, I am going. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You thinking? Yeah. Um. John Cazale, and insert him into that. Fuck it, it can be in whatever Scorsese is doing next. <laughs> nice Just that. Just that. It can have been in The Irishman. It can have been of anything Scorsese did from Raging Bull. Fucking works that. Because you know, work with Scorsese, and he always and. He, it was all. It was one of those things they just assumed was going to happen at some point, and then he died, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, Anton Yelchin to make the rest of the Old Thomas books. Fair enough. Into film. That's a good one. And plus, it, it would mean we get Anton Yelchin back. Yeah, well, just for one film. Like, no, quite, no, he's doing the whole series. That's did we? Did we get any answers to our questions? We did. did yes, I forgot to read it out though because I asked you guys. And that's <laughs> Actually from, oh fuck that shit. Um, that was from Rick uh, Rick Kid. Rick, 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 uh, 
excuse me, I'd like to go to the Jurassic World before it all goes to shit. Don't have an ideal holiday partner, but I'd take Dr. Little so he can talk to the dinosaurs um, should it all kick off. And if it all goes wrong, then at least Eddie Murphy gets paid back for Norbit. <laughs> Isn't Robert Downey Jr. doing the new Dr. Little? Yeah. I'm actually quietly looking forward to that. Weird. I like the first Doctor Doolittle movie. It's a good film, the first one. The first Eddie Murphy one. The first original one's actually quite oh, hard. God, I can't even remember it, man. Um, so what's out next week, Ian? Uh, well, we're going to be uh, doing a Patreon special. Yes, we are. With uh, X-Men retrospective, looking at the, uh, uh, looking at the past X-Men films um and a review of x-men dark phoenix uh i'm then away uh in the week after so i don't know what we're gonna do so we'll figure something out probably while i'm away but um it might go a bit radio silent on the regular feed for a little bit so two dollars a month patreon.com forward slash film bastards you can get your x-men retrospective We'll also have the review of X-Men Dark Phoenix on that as well, but I will take that review out of the Patreon show and put that in the next regular show. So the retrospective stuff you only get in the Patreon show, the X-Men Dark Phoenix review you get early in the Patreon show, and then we'll be on the next regular show added in. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, you're hosting, aren't you? Sorry. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. that was episode 304. Um, thank you very much for listening, guys. Thank you very much, Becky. Oh, thank, thank you. you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, and we shall speak to you shortly. Bye-bye. Goodbye.